Hello everyone, welcome back to By Literacy Now. I'm your host, Diana, and on today's episode, I'm going to discuss how I teach writing in a K-5 classroom. I call it Writing in Three. Thank you again for being here today. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at ByLiteracyNow. You can also read my blog by literacynow.com and follow me on Facebook and Twitter, and you can purchase my products on Teachers Pay Teachers. Okay, so raise your hand if you're uncomfortable with teaching writing. Yeah, that was me a few years ago. I will say that writing really took a turn for me whenever I was placed in a fourth grade classroom. And for those of you who are not from Texas, um, in Texas, we actually test our students. Um, with a writing test in fourth grade. So I realized really early on that these students needed sort of those skills to be able to become really good writers. And I didn't, I definitely didn't teach towards the test, but one of the things that I did realize was that I went back to the, you know, to the writing process, the original writing process, which is basically the pre-writing, the drafting, the revising, editing, and then publishing, right? That sort of what we've come accustomed to, what is the writing process, what are the steps that you take, and those are basically, you know, the basic steps. Of course, we've added things to it, we've, you know, it used to be like a one, two, three, four, five, six type of step, and now it's like a circle because, you know, writing never really ends. You can always start over again and then again repeat the process with a new writing piece, So I realized that just by looking at the writing process and then looking at what my students needed, that I needed a way to teach writing and teach all of the skills that are required in writing. So then I came up with the, you know, this concept of writing in three, which for me is basically saying that on any given day, you're teaching one of three writing skills. You're teaching your students how to just write, you know, just go back to your desk, and start writing your personal narrative or your opinion piece or expository, whatever it is that you're teaching um, during that unit. And you're just writing. You're not thinking about anything, like you're not thinking of mistakes, you're not thinking of making it better, you're just you're just writing. And then a few days later, you're gonna switch it up because you're because now that you're done with your you know your drafting, it's time for you to start revising your paper. So on those particular days, I'm going to, I'm going to model for my students what it means to revise. What does that look like? You know, revising, I think of as, uh, I'm sure many of you have seen those checklists that are called arms and cups. Well, revising is the arms part of that, right? It means adding details or removing details or moving, you know, words around or sentences around and substituting like simple words like happy with more meaningful words like excited or anxious or you know things like that and so you have to model those things for your students right and then of course a few days after that you're you're gonna model you know some editing strategies like i need to look for some mistakes which stands for the cups right capitalization usage of words punctuation spelling so again revising is the arms part of the checklist and then editing is the cups part And so on any given day, you're teaching one of those three skills. You're teaching them just to write, or you're teaching them how to revise, or you're teaching them how to edit. 
And so that's how I came up with writing in three. And in doing this, I kind of felt that writing became a little bit more easier for me to manage and teach because it made me sort of break it down into different uh, different steps and then realize that I can teach it to my students. One of the things that I tell my teachers often is that you have to model for your students what that looks like. You know, you can't just give a lesson on, you know, on, you know, capitalization and then just say, okay, you know, go off and, and find those mistakes and fix them. You have to actually model what that looks like. And so even on days where you're just writing, which is probably at the very beginning, because you want to have pieces of writing available for you to later on be able to revise and edit, put your writing, you know, project it on an Elmo and on the board and sort of begin to write and have your students watch you. You know, for the lower grades like K1, I would suggest that you write it on that huge anchor chart paper. But for grades, you know, second and up, you should really have a notebook on the projector, you know, and it should be projected for them to see. And you should be writing with a pencil and they need to be able to see, you know, hmm, what am I going to write about? Oh, I'm going to write about that one time that I fell off the monkey bars. You know, writers, watch me as I begin writing my my essay or my writing. And so your students have to see, oh, okay, look, she's brainstorming. You know, she's... um. She's, you know, she's jotting down a couple of notes, a couple of things that happened to her. And now she's going to begin writing about that one event that happened, you know, as, you know, as my personal narrative or whatever. So your students have to be able to see you do it for them to be able to go back to their desks and then practice. And on days when it's revising and editing, it becomes a little bit more complex because when you're showing them how to revise, it means that you have to have something to revise, right? And nothing is more powerful than a teacher's writing. So I suggest that if you have, like, let's say if you teach all subjects, then you only need one writing journal. But let's say you have, let's say you have a partner teacher who teaches math, then you'd have, then you need two journals, you know, one for your morning class and one for your afternoon class. And when your students write, you need to be writing. And sometimes it's going to require you to write without them looking because you know that the next day you're going to start revising your papers and you need to find a place where you can revise. And I always tell my teachers, plan ahead. So if you're writing a piece of writing and you know that tomorrow you're going to begin the revising part of the writing process, you have to make sure that you've gone back into your own personal writing and that you found a place where you can revise and model that in front of your students. So again, it does require planning. So remember that whenever you are teaching revising and those revising skills, that you're finding ways to add more to your writing, to make your stories come to life, you know? So revising incorporates things like introductions, your lead, maybe you wanna make it a little bit more exciting for your reader to want to read your story. Maybe you want to add more details like um, where you were or what was going on around you as this event was unfolding. Maybe you want to add dialogue between characters. Those are all parts of like adding the details. Maybe you want to delete some sentences that kind of don't go with what you're trying to say because it didn't make sense to add it there and then you want to take them out. Or you're coming up with a really good conclusion or like a really good suspenseful ending. Those are all revising skills. And again, there are things that your students have to see you do so that they know how to make their writing, you know, 
sound really great. And then after a few days of you know, modeling, revising skills, then you're ready to start editing your writing. So I like to tell my teachers and my students that you have to remember that revising is how your story sounds or how your writing sounds and editing is more about how it looks, right? So editing deals more with, like if you think back at the checklist that I mentioned earlier, uh, arms and cups, editing is the cups part, you know, which stands for the C is for capitalization, the U is for usage of words, P is punctuation, and then the S stands for spelling. So for editing, it's a little bit easier in terms of how to model it. But it can still be tricky because sometimes your students don't have the spelling skills to be able to do it right. Do not panic and do not stress. Studies show that students will gradually, naturally develop those skills. You know, once they begin to practice writing, once they once they become really good readers. So that will come. It's just it may not come as fast as you would want it to, but you still have to model for them what that looks like. So, you know, let's say if you're doing an editing lesson, it, w- it would be something like, you know, hi, writers, I brought you here because now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show you how good writers, you know, they edit their writing pieces because they want to make sure that um, it looks good, that their writing looks polished. And one of the ways that we do that is by ensuring that we have really good punctuation. Let's say because let's say that day you're teaching punctuation. And so what I like to do is I like to go back to my writing and see, hmm, do I see like a really, really long sentence that is like three or four lines long that maybe needs to be shortened? Or maybe I need to add a comma to kind of break up that really, really long piece of writing. But again, keep in mind that in order for you to teach how to use a period, for example, or a complete sentence, your students need to know what a complete sentence looks like. So you're going to have to find a way to, at the beginning of that lesson, sort of give a mini lesson, like a grammar lesson on, you know, a complete sentence or when to use a period or when to use a question mark if you're teaching question marks. So again, you have to make sure that you incorporate a lot of grammar and mechanics um, spelling and, and those types of lessons um, so that your editing is a little bit easier to to model and manage. And the same thing with revising. You want to make sure that one day you are teaching a lesson on leads, like how to come up with a really good beginning to hook your reader into wanting to read your writing so that later on when you're modeling it, you can say, remember how we remember how we talked about writing really good leads? Well, now I'm going to go back to my actual writing and I'm going to write a good lead in my writing so that I can hook my reader into wanting to read it. Or so you always have to find a way to sort of tie it back to something you've already taught. But what I find to be the most effective is that when you teach that lesson, as you're teaching that lesson, you show your writing and you model that. I think that is the most powerful thing because, again, you're not just in front of your students lecturing or talking. You're actually showing them, look you know, look as I do that. This is what I'm, you know, this is an example of what I'm trying to teach you so that when they do go off on their own, they, they're able to see like a visual. But again, you're always going to refer back to those lessons because again, every single time you start a new writing piece, the writing process begins again, right? Again, you start to draft, again, you begin to revise, you begin to edit, you know, so keeping, keeping in mind that all of those lessons that you teach in writing, they find a way to come back 
because you're constantly referring to them, but then you're also building new skills on top of the old ones. One of the reasons why I love to teach writing in three, you know, in those three different ways is because it fits in really nicely with the writing workshop components, right? Like at the beginning, you know, during the mini lesson part, the first 10 minutes of your workshop, you're explicitly teaching modeling for them. And so I would recommend that that's when you do these, you know, that's when you teach them those skills, you know, whether it's just writing or you're actually revising or you're actually editing that way for the next 30 minutes when, when they're independently working, they're able to sort of, you know, do what you taught them during the first 10 minutes. And then you're still able to pull a small group or meet with students one-on-one regarding their writing. Okay, so if you're a teacher in Texas and you're in grades third and fourth, I would strongly suggest that before you begin your writing workshop every day, that you try to incorporate a some sort of 10 minute warm up before your writing workshop begins to sort of teach students about grammar rules and you know how to use them and and just finding ways to have conversations about the structures of sentences and and things like that because that's going to help them with you know preparing for that writing test even though you you should not be teaching to the test students still need to know you know what is the structure of a sentence what is the purpose of capitalization what is the purpose of you know of learning how to spell things or how to have subject verb agreement those are things that they have to learn anyways because eventually they'll have to write papers when they get to college right so you do want to still expose them sort of those grammar rules and one of the ways to do that is to do a grammar warm-up before you begin your writing workshop now if you want to find really good ideas on that um, I can tell you that Jeff Anderson, and he has his own website called therightguy.net, and write is spelled W-R-I-T-E, and he has he's published several books on writing and grammar and, re- and revising and editing. And if you look him up, he has a couple of videos on his website where he shows you how he models, you know, this grammar lesson. So I don't want to say too much because I want to give credit where credit is due. But I will say that he does a really good job of exposing students to correct sentences and then having and then having them dissect the sentences and compare and contrast them and then figure out, you know, what the rule is and then being able to write their own sentences using that rule. So if you look him up, I think he would be a really good resource for you to use if you're not already using his program or, you know, his ideas, his strategies. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your patience for this third episode. I'm excited and look forward to recording many more. My hope is that you leave inspired.